Welcome to the Pop on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is. I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. Welcome to episode 400 of the podcast. We are doing the Ed Wood adjacent film. Uh, I woke up early the day I died, and because of that, I will be changing into different dresses throughout the podcast. So you really should be watching this episode, streaming live on Facebook, and not uh, listen to it on SoundCloud and various other media outlets, although I, we do respect you for listening, but you really should be looking at how amazing I look in this dress. So this you really should. We put a lot of time and work into a video broadcast. Come watch it. it looks Make us happy. looks and then during the during the breaks, uh, we we have a, a Bunny and Steve hyperactive fun time show, which is which is a blast. And I've been trying to do videos here and there that are kind of shorter than I normally do for you, Bunny. Yes, and that's been fun doing those videos. Anyway, this is our big 400th episode of the podcast. Which means the next episode will be episode 401. And the episode after that will be episode 402. What was the number of the last episode? Who remembers? You don't have yeah. to go check. The point is, this is our big 400th episode. And uh, why should I lie? Because uh, we have a podcast. No one in a podcast has ever lied. That's, that's no. uh, Thanks, Biden. So uh, that saying saying that doesn't have the bite that thanks Obama did. No, it really doesn't. It doesn't. That's that's upsetting. I think anyway, we have to get Biden some more syllables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we have a uh, we have a, a lists. Uh, I'm going to be uh, giving the podcast to my son in about, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. So you can go. Uh, we're going to be talking about, um, we have a shap that might be familiar to a lot of people, but by the time we get to the ending, uh, I've got some shout outs to give to various people. And this week's movie, oh man, let me tell you, this is a great film to watch while you're high. Yes, it is. It is. Oh, boy, is it. Oh, my goodness. This is a great film to watch. Well, I, uh, the crazy thing is, is that they made a movie about the life of Ed Wood called Ed Wood. And then they made this movie, which is uh, based on a screenplay written by Ed Wood. But this film has an infinitely better cast than Ed Wood did. Oh, good Lord, yes. Oh, my God. It, like, talking about the cast will be like half of this. Did you know that um, Bill Bell, the Bond Company stooge from The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, was in this week's movie? Yes. I, I, oh. No, yeah. I, I, like I said to you on Facebook, I literally, I'm sitting here and I'm watching the credits. I mean, we're talking about... We are seconds into this movie, and I'm like, I'm watching the credits, and I'm like, what the fuck? 
and I had to stop it, rewind it, and watch the credits again because I could not believe the people who were in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I had to track down, like, wait a second. So The Undertaker is played by the live-action Lurch from the Adams Family movies, but he has, like, an assistant Undertaker, and that guy has a really familiar face. Who plays the assistant Undertaker? And I looked and I looked and I looked, and he was in four episodes of Gilmore Girls. Yes. I didn't think that I uh, maintained that much Gilmore Girls knowledge enough to recognize, oh, wait, that's Sookie's husband's cousin. Like, I didn't think I knew... I didn't think I could recognize people that much from Gilmore Girls. Anyway, uh, very exciting. Our 400th episode. I look fantastic. Uh, let's get to it. Oh, I really scared the cat. I am sorry, Eris. I am sorry. I am very sorry. I slam on the table in between segments. I apologize for that, but you're going to have to get used to it and move to a different table, and I'm sorry about that. It's really weird. I want to show you this. Um right now visual thing but we haven't officially started the first part uh my cat is watching the podcast nice is currently right here next to me legitimately watching the podcast i got my cat hooked on youtube (laughs) she was sitting next to the computer one day and i'm like there's got to be videos for cats out there. And turns out there's a massive subcategory of videos just for cats on YouTube. So I put one on and she watched the my computer and she was looking at squirrels and birds and trying to scratch my computer screen. And so it, it, last week she watched our TV for about 27 minutes. And now she's <laughs> just laying down here. Watching the podcast, uh, Natasha said she'll be back. If, well, if Jeannie had found, uh, I think it's on Pluto, oh. on the Roku, uh, which is all for cats. Like a yes, channel that's a all for cats. Channel. There's a cat channel. There's a dog channel. There's also a channel, which is my favorite channel, on Pluto, because I've been watching a lot of Pluto the last couple of days. Uh, there's a channel just of Minecraft videos, and I showed that to Maxwell, and he loved it. But there's a channel called Slow TV, which just shows those weird videos that used to be on Netflix, where it's just, hey, here's a three and a half hour video of a train ride through Norway. And that's it. (laughs) Period. Yeah, it's my favorite channel on Pluto is just the slow channel. And, and then we go, hey, we're going to watch the slow channel. But then we end up just watching uh, Fail Army, the Fail Army channel over There's and over another again. another one about people are awesome. Yes, yes, yes. I've seen that one, too. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's officially start the podcast. Buddy! Yes! Well, we did it! This podcast started in 2014 as a show devoted exclusively to two things, Beanie Babies and Pogs. And now, almost seven years and 399 episodes later, we finally hit 400 episodes. Don't question it. 400 episodes of the Pope on Phil. Damn right I do. Yes, indeed. 
Let's pull your collar. And I feel that the past 100 episodes of this show is really where our podcast took off. Where our podcast really found itself. It's cemented its identity within these last hundred episodes. So I thought that this would be fun. We could polish off an old segment, Dueling Lists, our top 10 favorite moments of the last 100 episodes. The last 100 episodes being episodes 301 to 399. So uh, I have a list and Bunny has a list. A A retrospective, if you will retrospective in no particular order but our top 10 favorite moments of the last 100 episodes bunny why don't you go first with your number 10 i i i particularly liked episode 313 where we covered the movie the day whoopi goldberg cried a a movie that does not exist yes that was a good episode that was a good episode i liked that one I ended up, I ended, that was the episode where I got really sick and I was just vomiting constantly. Yes, and by was. the end of the episode, I was literally floating in my own vomit. It was crazy. We, I saw a specialist. But it was very, very reminiscent of previous episodes, such as our hate watch of Casablanca yes. and our love watch of Nine Lives. Nine lives, yes, 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 yes. That was good. That was good. Okay. Um, my number ten was our sit-down interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, where we got them to admit that their marriage was just a publicity stunt that was meant to bolster the ratings for the USA Network show Suits. Yes, we got them. I I, I, I couldn't believe that that. Yeah. And it was all you, man. You just, you just like yeah. shamed them into admitting it. It was really a, a, a masterful piece of interviewing ever. Yeah. It, the way that I did it, too, was I just sat right in front of him and I just kept saying, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Yeah. It's not your fault. And eventually they just broke down. Okay, so what's your number nine? Favorite moment of the last 100 episodes? Uh, I really, really enjoyed episode 327, where we forced our special guest, Moby, 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 to Moby. eat a Big Mac. Yes. Yes, we. that was incredible. He was crying. He was crying. The, I, this is something that my grandfather used to say. He was crying like a punch of goose. I, I, I mean, he, he's like kind of a little wiry guy, but God damn, he put up the fight. I, 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 I had to go get the plunger. Yeah, it was To crazy. get that Big Mac down his throat. Yeah, it was insane. Okay, and he was better. all... He was all crying and 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 trying to sing "Bless the Beasts and the Children," and but but no, we did it. We did it. We got that big got down his throat. Damn right we did. That was incredible. Uh, my dress has pockets. Just want to take this time. Oh, to thank say God! This important part of the dress. Uh, number nine, our nude episode. 
our all nude episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. It was incredible because not only were we nude, everyone who listened was also nude. Yes. We, 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 we it, that was really our first black magic episode because if you listen to the podcast at all, poof, your clothes just popped right off. You, you, you couldn't help yourself. You were, you were compelled. As yeah, people would, often are watching while, while listening to or watching the Pope on film, but, but this was special because it, it was, it reached everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It was incredible. I loved it. It was much better than cats. I'm going to see it again and again. Okay, what's your number eight? Well, this isn't really a favorite of mine, but I feel that that you know, in, in the sake of like honesty and transparency, we we do have to recall uh, episode three thirty three when, well, you know, I I, I mean. We always get along, but even still, after 400 episodes, tensions get a little hot, and you and I got into the very first ever Zoom meeting knife fight. Yes. And I'm I'm sorry, I was wrong. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, You're only saying that because I was right. This is true. Yeah. So uh, my wounds have healed quite nicely, though. It's nice how it how it worked out into a nice little smiley face. Yeah. So it's a positive in the realm of scarification. Just, and then afterwards, we just had a big laugh, and you kept screaming, "We've got stories for our grandchildren!" Yes, oh, yes, that was fun. Yeah, this is my number eight. In December 2019, we had a crazy episode, real wild. We did peyote and mescaline, and next thing you know, we're in China, and you ate a bat. It was insane. Yes. Thank goodness nothing bad came from that. Mm-hmm. So, so, but that was a crazy episode. That was we, definitely yeah. a crazy episode. Yeah. What's your number seven? But there was also episode 345. Remember 345 when we were playing Ugh. around with the Ouija board and we summoned Good the I... spirit of John Aston, famous as Gomez from the Adams family, only for him to inform us that he's not dead. Yeah, that was weird. That yeah. was weird. It's funny because I've been talking to the kids. The kids really like the animated movie, The Addams Family. Yeah. And we watched it recently. And that's when it hit me that, like, you know, like, like it's a pretty good adaptation of from TV to an animated movie for kids. They do a really good job with the Addams Family animated movie. The only part that I don't like is is that they made Gomez like, oh, yes, when we came from, when we were, when we were uh, uh, chased out of the old country, they chased us with torches and pitchforks. But uh, John Aston was just a normal dude. Yeah. You know, he didn't have an accent. He didn't come from some undisclosed European country and had an accent. It was just, how you going, Tish? Yes. A normal guy. 
So I didn't like that. I didn't like the fact that they gave him like a weirdo accent and suddenly he's like, Wuxley, Wednesday. But he looked more like the original drawings. They all looked a bit yeah. more like the original Charles Adams drawings. Yeah. But, but yeah, John Astin. I've been thinking about him a lot lately. Yes. Weird. So it's funny that you bring that up. Okay. Here's my number seven. Remember that episode where we ate cookies and we we both knit a sweater? Yes. That was nice. Let me tell you what I like about it. It doesn't all have to be shocking. No. It doesn't all have to be gotcha. Sometimes you could just have a, a, a very down-home episode. Yeah. Also, and then and then the week after that, we did our first true crime podcast and we talked about a murder, but it was more interactive because we killed somebody. Yes. On the show. And then it's like, ooh, who did it? Who did it? And then, like, I'm hiding a knife. So that was exciting. So what's yes. your number six? Uh, episode 354. Okay. Rabid Weasels. And I'm not saying anything else about that. Okay, yeah, no. It, legally, we can't. Well, there's the other one we no. legally can't, but definitely Rabbit. If you missed Rabbit Weasels, you, you just missed it. Uh, there are no really words to describe Rabbit Weasels and what yeah. happened with the Rabbit Weasels. So it was an awesome episode, probably one of our best episodes, but if you missed it, you just missed it. Yeah. So uh, my number six favorite moment of the last of 100 episodes. I loved that episode where I said something and you, Bunny, were so moved by what I said that you cried for two whole hours. And most of the podcast was just you sobbing. I yes. forgot, Bunny. What was it that I said again? Uh, you mentioned Leslie Nielsen's testicles. Yes. And yes. <sighs> okay. It, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring it up now. Okay. That was, okay, my, okay. Bad. That was my bad. Hey, Bunny, why don't you, why don't you tell us number five? That'll definitely cheer you up. <sighs> Episodes. 366, 361, sorry. It didn't literally happen on the show, but the Great Fire episode. Yes. It didn't actually happen on the show, but it did happen somewhere. Yeah. It's funny because you said 366, and I'm like, 366? But then you're like, no, 361, and I was like, good. Because everyone knows that 366 was our in-depth interview with actor Eric Roberts. Yes. That was an amazing one. We asked him one question, how are you doing? And then he vomited and passed out on the floor. Man, that Eric Roberts has still got it. Yes, he does. So that was an amazing one. That one's my number five. That was 366. So what's your number four? Uh... Oh yeah, episode three sixty nine when we hacked into the 
SETI radio telescopes and interviewed an alien named Roscoe? Yes. Yes. Roscoe P. Coltrane. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. he basically just said, eh, shit's going all right. You know, not the best interview, yeah. but it was still a fucking alien. Yeah, and the weird thing is, is that he was named Roscoe P. Coltrane, and we were like, yeah, from the like, like from the Dukes of Hazard, and he was like, what? <laughs> Never seen the Dukes of Hazard, and then we were like, well, then why are you named Roscoe P. Coltrane? And he was like, oh, I guess it's just a coincidence. Yeah, really weird, really strange. Yeah, well, you know, things. The universe is a very strange place. And then we were like, hey, so, so Roscoe, uh, what is your job in space? And he's like, oh, uh, my job is to make sure that everything in space is safe. I guess you could call me Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane. And we were like, there ha- you had to have watched. Yeah. Use of Hazard on your planet if your name is Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane. And he's like, no, we've never seen any of your television shows. We only get well, radio. Personally, I think Roscoe was just full of fucking shit. <clears throat> yeah. I yeah, mean, I come on. When he left in the spaceship, you know, he honked his horn and you heard. So that was like a. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my number four, number four. Yeah. Uh, episode 316 are all mime episode. No words. Yes. Three hours of just doing, you know, trapped in a box and, and stuff, picking a flower. And that, and that was huge on our SoundCloud stream. Yeah. 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 That was amazing. We got so many clicks from that. Uh, okay. So what number are you on? See, this is the one. Uh, episode 373, yes. tits, and we're not legally allowed to say any more. Yes, yes. Uh, how about episode 371, where instead of covering a movie, we watched all 1,225 episodes of the ABC soap opera Dark Shadows? Yes. That was, uh, it, 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 it took me three days to binge watch it. Don't ask me how. Three, Three days. solid days. You did not sleep any of that time. Yeah. Yeah. The way that I did it was I I I did a lot of cocaine and then watched it at like one twelfth speed. Yeah. Like super fast. And I just I understood it all. So now I know about it. it's a show all about uh shadows and how they're dark. And then uh, there's a vampire. Yes. And Alice Cooper. Who can make amazing shadows with his hands. Yeah. And then the theme song was so cool. Uh, Who could turn the world on with his fangs? Dark shadows. Dark shadows. You're going to drain them after all. Do, 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 do. He throws his fangs in the air. Do. <laughs> yeah. Amazing show. What's your next one? 
episode 387. Do you remember episode 387? I knew you were going to say that one. We did a segment. Well, how could we not? We did a segment that was so funny that peace and goodwill spread through all the corners of the earth for about 43 seconds. Yeah, it was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I a little. And and Not, do we get an Emmy? Do we get a Webby? Do we get any kind of award? Fucking world peace. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was only for forty three seconds, but you know. Yeah. Do we need the credit? Bear hasn't done it. It would have been nice. Would have yeah. been nice. Received some credit for that. Yeah. Well, also, this isn't a this isn't officially an episode, but I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the Pope on Film tour. Yes, it was a big one. Um, our tour was a huge hit. We played Poughkeepsie. We played Schenectady. Yes. Uh, Del Rio, Texas, Bisbee, Arizona, all of the big places, you know. Vista Del Mar. Yep. We, played we were the huge in Vista Del Mar. The Acropolis. We played the Maricopa County Fair. All of the big, big time venues. And that all culminated in our big live podcast recording slash rally right in the Capitol uh, on January 6th. Uh, unfortunately, some of our fans got a little bit rowdy. But uh, thankfully, we got we got the former president to take the blame for that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember. I remember what a hard time we had coming up with a with a name for that tour. You know, I I, I the Popalooza, yeah, or Buncella. You know, yeah, we were kind of stuck on which one. The Lilith Pope. Yeah. The Burning Pope. Yeah. Pope, uh, Pope Lahoma. Pope Lahoma. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, we just, we just decided the Pope on film live <laughs> and we called it the Insurrection Tour, which in retrospect was a bad name. Yeah. But, but hey, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Okay, do you have one left? Yeah, and this one I found very sad, one in in recent history, one I'm still trying to get over, episode 396, when you, Reverend Steve, came out as a Trump supporter. Yeah, that was shocking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know... uh, it was less that I supported Trump and more that I was really excited that people were watching Saturday Night Live again. <laughs> and uh, and also, I think that if it wasn't for Trump, that Jimmy Fallon would be a much bigger success than he is. Yes. So we also have Trump to thank for that. But my favorite episode of the last hundred episodes was our big plotting a murder episode. And look, 
I'm going to say, I said it, I've said it a bunch of times before. I'm going to say it again. All I said was, if Fred Willard dies, then we're going to have a fun summer watching his movies. Yes. Did I expect Mark David Chapman to hear this? No. And go hunt Fred Willard down? No. But did I sell the rights? Yes. And it, it, it and I'm living comfortably from that. Uh, so you know you 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 lose some, you win some. Yes, it's not just true. you win some, you lose some. It's also you lose some, you win some. And so so there you go. Uh, so that's it for our 100 uh, most uh, popular episodes of the last hundred. Uh, okay, so what is this again? Emerald strawberry funnel cake frappuccino. Strawberry funnel cake frappuccino. Okay. And by the way, though, how how is Tim Curry feeling? Uh, unfortunately, he seems to be feeling just fine. Um, I I have something planned this summer, yeah. and I would like to apologize in advance. But I think it's going to be our our best episode ever. Ooh, you got me gummies. Look at this. Ooh, these are nice looking. I love the tin. That's why I got it. I knew you'd like the tin. I have no Buffalo idea. Buffalo Rose. Uh, I have no idea what flavors because it says assorted flavors. Fine cannabis. That is awesome. Flavors. Okay, now what is this? You got me the ice cream. You, you, you nice. found a place with the ice cream. I did. <gasps> Yes! Woo! I, don't know what we're I got medicated about. ice cream. Medicated ice cream. Yes! Thank you, honey! And when do we put this in the freezer? We need to tell Bella that we have this now. <laughs> it's going to be 3 a.m. She's going to be, oh, ice cream. And then she's going to text us at like 5 a.m. Just Bella. They. They, yeah. Oh, uh, can you put this in the freezer, please? Awesome. These are really good looking gummies. Yeah. I mean, that is sweet. Okay. So uh, I, I, I don't know. See, now, now I just got this. <laughs> I got this picture in my head late at night. You're in bed, you're asleep, and all of a sudden, your door slams open, and Bella stands here and says, The walls in my room are melting. Yeah, yeah, that's basically, yeah. So like, that's like she's like she's not particularly scared of it, but it's really just bugging her. Yeah, she, like that, like she's that. More she's more pissed off sitting, about it. Huh? She's gonna be sitting in the parked car, going, "Yo, why are we going so fucking fast?" <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the the thing is though when it comes to when it comes to, to gummies, when it comes to edibles, when it comes to, to weed, um I feel really ashamed about this, but I'm a sucker for some great packaging. Take an you edible, take give us a taste test on the show. Okay of so, one of these uh, gummies. It says a hundred mil. One, two, three. 
Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So it says a hundred milligrams, but then it also says uh, ten piece, ten milligrams. So I think it's a hundred milligrams overall. Yeah. Yeah. Ten so, ten milligrams okay. per gummy. Just to be safe, right now four people are watching this, and I don't want Mark Zuckerberg to take us down. So to be clear, right now I will be doing a taste test of medication, which is 100% legal in this state. Yes. So I will just be taking this. And this state. Yeah. It's funny because you said when I first like got my medical card you said that uh you don't like edibles because of the taste and that weed gummies always have a taste oh no 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 i i I don't like the taste of marijuana yeah yeah i like edibles i just don't actually eat the edibles i get I get these guys, and I just took my last four, so I can't show you one individually. But they're about the size of a gummy in a gum drop form. Yeah. So they're really easy to swallow straight down. So I swallow them down like pills. Mm. Ooh, I like the strawberry frappuccino. It tastes like a pancake. It yeah. tastes like a liquid IHOP pancake. That is weird. Uh, this uh, strawberry drink from so, Starbucks. I was going to get you a lemonade heap. Oh, yeah? I was. But then I remembered this one that Blue Raspberry was. We do. And also, then I discovered the idea. Yeah, the ice cream is freaking wonderful. Uh, I love edibles, and they're the absolute best. The last edible that I got absolutely tasted like weed. Did you take Yes. I was going to say. Yeah. No, I took a bite out of it. These ones taste good. Most of the edibles that I get, they don't have that weed taste. They just taste like candy and they oh taste God. really good. But the last ones that I got definitely tasted like weed. It was the first time where it's like, here's a gummy. I'm going to take a bite and Ooh, Okay. There's that taste. That little yeah. mini, like one edible that we got at the across the street from Capital Tank. The time we went there, that place that had that was like ninety five percent accessories and only a little bit of actual weed in the corner. And they didn't have the fucking ice cream. And they didn't have the ice cream. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I like that. But oh, this place made me want to sign up uh, for an actual account on Weed Maps so that I could leave a review. Because it was awesome, and they yeah. were super helpful and super friendly, and like very like knowledgeable. And I, I left there feeling like <clears throat> leave them a review. Hmm. Nice. And that's how, what you want about yeah. a weed place. Yeah. Well, any place really, but yeah. Uh, okay, buddy. Yes. Uh, so yeah, cut on cut on that. Cut on tooling lists. Cut on the edibles. Uh. We have a special guest on the podcast. Okay. Because um, it is our big 400th episode, and I want it to be different. And also, um, I just want a break. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, get out of the chair and pass the podcast over now to my nine-year-old son, Maxwell. Oh, my God, that is so much sugar. I said that it tasted like an IHOP pancake in liquid form. You know, because whenever I get a pancake at IHOP, which is not a lot, I just cover it in strawberry syrup because it's my favorite syrup. And so this is just a pancake. So I'm going to be tossing it over to my nine-year-old son, Maxwell, who will be discussing... uh, We call it his AUs, but there's a multiverse of Maxwells out there. Okay. Infinite number of Maxwells that that my son Maxwell knows about. And he's going to be talking about some of them. Plus, if you're watching this, it's a treat. You get to see the rest of the dress. Because look, I'm standing up. Oh, look at this. Even giving you a little bit of leg. Look at that. Ripping my stocking. Stocking. (laughs) So, Maxwell... The floor is yours. Uh, Maxwell is here. He is going to be talking about his AUs. Take it away, Maxwell. So, just to start. First off, say hi, buddy. Hi. How you doing, dude? Good. Good. The first AU, it might be the ones that I haven't touched a lot. It's Crimewell. Crimewell is basically is basically the most wanted criminal ever, and he's very smart and has gone to Area Fifty One and has gotten locked in Area Fifty One about one thousand times. And gotten out. Yeah. New weapons, which is surprising. Okay. This next one might. This next one okay, is wait. part of. A... Is, is his name yeah. like really Cromwell? Or do you just like call him Cromwell? Because wouldn't they all be. Wouldn't they all be named Maxwell? No, this one is Crime Well. He, crime? he does crimes. Oh, okay. Yeah. His name is Crime Well. Okay. So. Okay. This next one might be. This next one is. It's a part of a fusion of a really powerful, okay. of something really powerful. This is Darkwell. And he is basically, and he's ba- and he is just overpowered, too overpowered. And it's just... And that's Darkwell? Yeah. And and he had the power of death. And do y'all know why his name is Darkwell? Why? His name is he is literally made of darkness. So ah. like if shot him with a disintegration gun, part of him would come out. 
part of him would disappear, but it would just regrow. Yeah. Because he's literally made of darkness. Cool. Okay. There's also Firewell, who uh, he wrote something about what what he did when he was when he was young and what he did and what he does now and like past him uh it looked like really childish and dangerous and dangerous but when but now but now like really mature and good things but really, uh, here's a fun fact about Firewall. He always lies. He likes to lie. Yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> Who else yeah. you got? And these are all ver- these are all versions of you across the multiverse. Yes. Okay. I'm just gonna say one that I'm just gonna say one that that ha, that looks like that sounds like a bad guy, but really isn't. He's just he just misunderstood, and his backstory is and his origin is very sad. Yeah. But I am not gonna say it, but I'm not gonna tell it to you. Okay. So this next one is glitch, not glitch. Well, just called glitch. Okay. Now, uh, all of these, all of these AUs, they all come from either a runic stone. They either come from a stone or a crystal. Okay. And in glitch. And glitch. He came from crystal that was supposed to be a light crystal, but okay. But glitch and turned into and turned into a glitch crystal. Now a glitch crystal is basically any type of elemental crystal. If it glitches, sometimes it glitches, and and it just stays glitched. So then when it, so then when the person is ready to come out, they're Glitch. Now, Glitch, he's very lonely. Literally, anyone he meets, anyone he meets, runs away from him. Yeah. And it's just... <sighs> and, and I just like to say that Wherever he steps, glitches. Yeah. Is there a pickle well? No, but you did just give me an idea for another one. <laughs> did you just talk about light well and dark well and their I eternal talk- struggle? I did I did talk about dark well, but I did not talk about light well, so I will. Okay. Um... So, so Lightwell is the op- is Darkwell's opposite. He's 
You know, he has the power of light. And I'd just like to say that Lightwell is overpowered, but he doesn't use, but he doesn't, but he doesn't use his really overpowered powers. Yeah. But I just want to say that that Lightwell doesn't really protect himself. He only protects others that are in that are in, in danger. He knows how to protect himself, but he just doesn't. He protects other people. Now, now I just like to say that Darkwell and Lightwell are brothers, technically. Yeah. Wow, what a twist! <laughs> and Darkwell only protects himself and also his brother Lightwell. And some and and sometimes, sometimes, uh, something happens to one of to one of them. Some sometimes one one of. One of my AUs, ha- something happens to them, and it can- and it changes them. Like yeah. now, present Darkwell, he had this arm. This arm is a robot arm because it got because it got cut, and so yeah. then it was really bloody. So he cut it off and built a robot hand. Yeah. And and past Darkwell didn't have that. Uh-huh. And it's just, there's a lot of them, but one that I think, but one that that just popped into my head, and that I don't really use is uh, it's not really an AU. Yeah. I, but it just popped into my head as a joke. Uh, Fartwell? No. Drugwell? <gasps> Maxwell! Who? Drugwell? Drugwell. Into my head. What? It popped into my head as a joke, and I never actually use it. But I—I I am shocked and chagrined. What? Why? Why? If if there are infinite multiverses, there would have to be every possible combination. Yeah, it just popped into my head. Once and I never actually use it, and it's just. <laughs> I got my eye on you, Bucko. And <laughs> now that I'm saying this, I realize that that it actually connects to something that it actually connects to something that that I'm pretty sure that you guys didn't really plan. Dad was talking about edibles. Yeah. He was talking about edibles. And and now that I'm saying this, I realize that this is connected to that. 
somehow. Well, okay, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Wait a second. What if, because you said it, it wasn't really exactly an AU, okay, but maybe yeah. maybe it's one of your AU's fathers. So it's it's your dad, just it's one of his AU's, one of his AU's are one of your AU's fathers. You just, my, you meant, you just got my mind on a roller coaster that never stops. <laughs> I've been there, boy. <laughs> Rain has stopped work. I hear you. I know that roller coaster. <laughs> uh, his enemy. His enemy who killed his father to get to make him the king yeah. is ice. He controls ice. And he can't really make ice without his brother, Waterwell. Yeah. There's two ice wells. There's two ice wells. One ice well is in charge of ice, the other one is in charge of immigration and customs enforcement. <laughs> yeah. So basically, let's imagine that that the devil, the devil himself, slash Satan, has yeah. came has come up to Earth, which, which, which in my universe, a uh, god, god, and god, god and the devil died. Yeah. So. So Lightwell is now God, and Darkwell is now the devil. So, so now, so basically, uh, Darkwell has came to Earth, and Icewell wants to trap him in ice. He can't do that, so he'll ask, so he'll tell Waterwell to cook. To consume him in water, yeah, and then Icewell freezes it, so he's trapped in ice. Also, Icewell can make a literal ice sword. I would just like to say that I was that I was inspired by the Mortal Kombat trailer, the Red Band trailer. I don't really know if it's a Red Band trailer, but I was inspired by the trailer. Yeah, where, where. I'm pretty Sub -Zero. sure Sub Zero, Sub Zero made an ice sword and cut. I'm pretty sure Scorpion. Yeah. And cut Scorpion and then made ice, and then made and then made an a blood dagger out of his uh ice blood dagger. Yeah. Out of his blood and and stabbed him and then it. Pushed him all the way into an ice wall, which broke. Yeah, I was inspired by that to make ice wall make an ice sword. I saw an article online that said, "You know, you wouldn't be able to make a blood dagger like that according to science." And it's like, <laughs> oh, wow! What does the science say about a four-armed monster from another dimension? Yeah. 
Fucking... That is that is just ridiculous. Yeah. It's like uh, people with the King Kong Godzilla movie. Yeah. Like so anyway, say, so do you write these down or do you draw them or anything? No, they Please. just pop into my head and I make them a an a. We've tried to get him to like we've given him like a notebook and tried to get him to write all of this out into like a story or a fic, but but no, but he does like to stop us in our daily lives and tell us the updates of his characters. Yes. Yeah. He sings us songs of what the characters are going, what's happening with them. Yeah. But the thing about the thing about writing them down, when you write them down, I find for me, you're different. But for me, when I write them down, once I have them written down, then then my brain has room to have more ideas. You know, I find I would I would be thinking about a character and I would be thinking about a character in a very kind of a. I would be thinking the same things over and over about them. And they wouldn't the ideas wouldn't develop. Until I get them written down, then more ideas about them can develop. Did that make any sense? Kind of. Okay. Uh, this is unrelated, but my stomach is like a is like a black hole. Whatever it can, whatever goes in it, yeah, just deletes. Uh, I just like to say that don't let ice well into your house and let him in. If ice well's in your house, do not let him into the kitchen or your bathroom or anywhere that has. That has pipes that has water in it. But what yeah. if you live in a place that's really cold, like Alaska? Then ice well might be there. Oh, 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 well, okay then. And also, uh, another thing, when you write down things like that, it doesn't make a damn bit of difference if anybody else can understand it. If you understand your notes, that's all that matters. Because it's just for you anyway, while you're thinking about the character and you're coming up with other ideas. Yeah, so it doesn't matter if you misspell anything or I misspell things on my podcast notes all the time. What matters is that I understand it. Exactly. Sometimes, sometimes I'll just draw in picture. You know, I'll just start drawing pictures because there's something about that particular character I see more visually than in words so i'll just start drawing pictures and and that's it okay so anyways if you let him into if you let icewell into your bathroom or anywhere that has pipes that have water in it there is a one there's a 99 percent chance that that is going to explode with ice and also your toilet will now be ice yeah yeah I am going to go now. Okay. Wow. It was fun, Maxwell. Thank you. You're welcome. So that was a look at Maxwell's AUs.
every once in a while I'll be like writing the podcast or doing school and suddenly Maxwell will just be, Dad, would you like to hear a song from the point of view of Lightwell discussing what has been happening in the universe? And he's a very intensely creative boy. Yeah. Oh, I can, I can hear it. Yeah. And we're all very proud of that. So, cut on Maxwell. And before we go to a break, I would just I just wanted to say something. Uh, I, I put this on Twitter, but not too many people cared. But I, I felt you would appreciate it, Bonnie. Okay. Uh, so I was driving Emerald to work. And then I dropped Emerald off, and then I was driving home. And while I was driving home, I hear the beginning riffs of Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. Okay. A classic song. Yes. Classic song. And the first thing that ran through my mind was all of those people. There are a lot of people out there, and they say, oh, you think that Oh, look, you're playing Born in the USA at this football game. Oh, look at that. It's 4th of July, and you're playing Born in the USA. Well, obviously, somebody never listened to the lyrics because the song is actually very anti-American. You know, it talks about the plight of common people and how difficult it is. And then, so it's obviously you've never listened to the lyrics of the song. If you listen to the lyrics, if you really paid attention... To what Bruce is saying here, if you read the lyrics, if you listened to them, if you really paid attention, beyond the chorus, Born in the USA, you would know what this song is really about. So I said to myself, you know, I never really paid attention to the lyrics of Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. I always just checked out whenever that song was around because... uh, you know, Ronald Reagan was always shoving it up your ass. Yeah. And 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 other uh, conservative evangelical Christians of the time. So I said, you know what? Here I am driving home. Uh, I'm going to pay attention this time. I'm going to pay attention to these lyrics. I turned the volume up and I said, I am going to listen to Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. And let me tell you, wow, this is a powerful song that says a lot about the plight of poor, hardworking, blue-collar individuals in America. Now that I've paid attention to the lyrics, I really understand what the song's about. So I'd like to sing to you the first verse of Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. Uh, You and all of you listeners out there in the ether, so that you can understand (laughs) the song the way that I have, because Bruce has a lot to say. So anyway... So I, I I will sing it to you just the way Bruce Springsteen sings it so that you can understand what he has to say. Okay? Okay. Okay, so the song starts out like this. So when you really pay attention, when you really pay attention to the lyrics, yeah, 
really go, wow. This is a powerful song. And Bruce Springsteen has so much to say. I especially like the part where he said, <laughs> that part resonated with me. I want to get that on a bumper sticker. Yeah. You know? Or a Just, t-shirt. One or the other. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, he's a wordsmith. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Modern day poet. Modern yeah. day poet. Really want to listen to that podcast. Uh, so I'm here with Bruce Springsteen. Bruce, uh, what do you have to say? That is true. So, wow, what an amazing podcast. If, if, if S.E. Hinton was a band. Yeah. Stinkhold. Be Bruce Springsteen. Stinkhold. Yes. We still have a full show to get to. We need to talk about Miskel Spillman. Miskel Spillman. I've got. We need to talk about Bridget the Midget. We need to talk about the Beastie Boys. We need to talk about. Taylor Negron. Yes. We need to talk about uh, a lot. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. I concur. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film 400 episode celebration. Yes. This. Do, 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 do. Do 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 do. Biddy bop do wow. It's me, Reverend Steve. I am nervous. 
because I'm going to drink a 41-year-old beverage that might kill me. There was a TV show called Dallas. Dallas was a soap opera that originally premiered in April of 1978 as a miniseries, but the miniseries was so popular that in September of 1978, they decided to turn it into a short one-season TV show. It became so popular that it ran from 1978 to 1991. One character, uh, Bobby Ewing, was killed off, but he was so popular that they decided to make his death a dream. Really stupid. And then, of course, the, the main character was sort of the, the patriarch of the family. His name was J.R. Ewing. In the 1980s, they made a beer. Premium beer. J.R. Ewing's Private Stock came out in the year 1980. And it says on the bottom here, if you have to ask how much my beer costs, you probably can't afford it. I purchased very cheaply a six-pack of this. One had a hole in it, and it was empty, but the other five were still open and sealed, and so I put this in the fridge for a while, and I'm going to drink it. Surprisingly, I posted about this on Twitter, and I'm like, hey, I've got this 41-year-old beer. Who wants to see me try it? And the answer was a big, resounding, no, are you serious? You could die which I wasn't expecting from Twitter, but I basically got shamed. And uh, so I'm going to open this. This is weird. Do you see this? How, how do I? Ooh, look at that. That's the weirdest. Huh? Yeah, it's like V8. Okay. So, um, all right. No, I didn't shake it. I've been a drink of 41-year-old beer now, so Pinky's up for the classy stuff. So, okay. Hmm. First off, it tastes dusty. It might be a little dust on the bottom. But when you get past that, okay, so you know when when you're like young, when you're like in your 20s, and you're like, I'm going to go get beer. The cheapest beer imaginable. Okay, so so there's like there's like cheap beer that will burn your mouth because it's horrible. And then there's cheap beer where it's like Mickey's. That's what this is. This isn't bad, but it's also not good. It 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 tastes all right. Tastes all right. This is pretty good. This is pretty good. It tastes cheap. It doesn't taste as uh. As a premium as J.R. Ewing from the hit show Dallas, but no, this is all right. This is pretty good. I wouldn't recommend it, but yeah, this isn't that bad.
it's cheap and dusty. But I've I've drank cheap and dusty beer before. You know, go into some sketchy convenience store and they have a ninety-eight cent uh pint of some beer you've never heard of before, and you buy that, that's what this tastes like. Uh it's not that bad. Not that bad. It's alright. This is a weird video, but hey, thanks for watching. And if you're watching this during the podcast, hey. Break time. Buddy and I are peeing. I had some crazy nicknames back in the 70s. But all those friends died in the 80s. some reason I'm also finding you very attractive so uh how about you and me be girlfriend and boyfriend Spiderwebs in the sunset. Long walks on the pavement. 
and hiding in shoes. And I'm looking for a special female. And girl, not everyone sees you the way I do. So let me look deep inside all eight of your beautiful eyes. And I don't see human like other people do. I see a glorious spider, baby. Yeah. So I want to let you know. I play spider with you all night long. Shimmy here, up next to me. And do that stanky spider dance you do. So shake that Sephora thorax and your abdomen too. Ah, girl. Come on, come on, be my spider, baby. Yeah. Be my spider, baby. Come on, come on, be my baby's spider. Yeah. 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 One more time. know how it is when a male spider tries to show you what he's made of. And I gotta let you know, I don't mind dying for just one night of sweet spider love. If that's what it takes to get near your girl, a hungry female may consume any invertebrate that comes along, including her suitors. But baby, but baby, I don't mind because you're truly worthy. You're worth it, baby. My pedipals are palpitating, circulating. I could be perspirating, but I can't because I got an ectoskeleton. But that don't matter, nah. So let me be your daddy, baby. Hopelessly tangled up in your silky web. Let me kiss your fangs before you jump off my head. Yeah. Species. Females eat the males after sweet, sweet love. But I don't mind. Nah. You see, I got eight boots on my legs for knocking. I notice you do too. Spider baby rocking all night long. You see, even spider love is blind. Come on. Ooh. Come on, come on, be my spider baby. Sixteen yeah. boots of spider knocking. Come on, come on. You know it's true, girl. Come on, girl. come on, come on, be my spider baby. Yeah. Don't be afraid. <laughs> come on, come on, be my baby. Yeah. Be my spider baby. Yeah. yeah. Come on, come on, be my spider baby. Yeah. Be your daddy spider lonely. Come on, come on, be my baby.
musty odors invade your space, get Concrobium Mold Control. As it dries, only Concrobium crushes mold and mildew at its roots, leaving an invisible antimicrobial shield so it won't grow back. It's odorless, too. For the safe way to defend your home from mold and mildew, Concrobium. And don't forget to protect against musty odors and moisture damage with Concrobium Moisture Grabbers. You don't have to imagine that we're back. Because we are. My name is Mr. Steve. I'm a storyteller. Hello, everybody. Mr. Steve here. And this is a lemon. I did a video and I called it the Eat It Like an Apple Challenge. I ate through three foods as if it was an apple. I ate a banana without peeling it, an orange without peeling it, and a raw potato. Uh, it was the eat it like an apple challenge. Can you eat it like an apple? Well, I guess this is eat it like an apple too. I've got a lemon. This is the goal. Oh, a, the goal is to look at you, the audience, with no emotion. Eat it like an apple, and that's it. No emotion on this face. And this is going to be difficult. I have a very emotional face. I have a very expressive face. You can always tell how I'm feeling. My face will tell you. So it's going to be difficult to do this. I will not be taking off the sticker, although I like the little B. I am confident in my ability to do this, to take a bite from this lemon without peeling it and show no emotion on this face. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I can do this. <laughs> I got this. 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 Hello there. Welcome to my YouTube channel. Oh, this? Oh, it's just, uh, it's nothing. I just wanted, I just want a little snack. That's all. I do enjoy myself a good snack. 
Oh. Hello there. Oh, this? Just a little snack I like to eat every once in a while. I can smell it. Yeah. Oh, look, some juice. Very tasty. Oh, my. Oh, get me a towel. Okay. Get me a towel. Give me two of them. That was one of the most difficult things I've ever done. Oh! But let me tell you something. If you want to freak somebody out, just stare them directly in the eyes and eat a lemon. I can't wait to see that footage. Hmm? Oh, my oh. Mad man, you But did I did it. Yes! 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 gentleman out there by the name of Jean. Now, Jean is very close to somebody that I know from a long, long time ago. He's a friend of mine, and therefore, Jean, by de facto, we are good friends as well. And now, Jean, I shall read this for you. Rusty Cave. You wired me awake and hit me with a hand of broken nails. You tied my lead and pulled my chain. To watch my blood begin to boil, but I'm going to break. I'm going to break mine. I'm going to break my rusty cage and run. Too cold to start a fire. I'm burning diesel, burning dinosaur bones, yeah? Take the river. Down to still water and ride a pack of dogs. But I'm going to break. I'm going to break my. 
I'm going to break my rusty candle. Hit like a Phillips head into my brain. It's going to be too dark to sleep again. Cutting my teeth on bars and rusty chains. But I'm going to break. I'm going to break my rusty cage and run. Oof. When the forest burns along the road like God's eyes in my headlights. When the dogs are looking for their bones and it's raining ice picks on your steel shore. But I'm going to break. I'm going to break my I'm going to break my rusty cage. Hi, I'm not Dora the Explorer. I'm QAnon Karen. I'm different from Dora the Explorer because I'm God's color. White. This is my sidekick, Bunny the Rabbit. Say hello, Bunny. Hashtag Donald Trump. Dora the Explorer has a monkey sidekick, but not me because I come from Kentucky and not some shithole country. Oh, kids, can you count to 11? Well, how about counting to 11 million? Can you do that? Hashtag stop the steal. Because that's how much Trump beat Biden by in the 2020 election, but the Dominion voting machines were rigged by Hugo Chavez and the Zionists and the Chinese government to take down the God-fearing votes of the 90 million Christian Americans who voted for Donald Trump. Hashtag sheep no more. Look up in the sky. Do you see a star? No, you don't. Because stars aren't real. They're just a deep state psyop that's designed to control you. <laughs> Who's trying to control you? Just follow the money. Just follow the money trail. We're talking Bill Gates. Hashtag agenda. We're talking George Soros. We're talking Hillary Clinton. Hillary for prison. MTV's Dan Cortese. Oh, oh. Save the children. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Hail Satan. And other Jewish people. Save the children. They're trying to mind control you. That's why the masks are there. That's not helping anyone. It's all a conspiracy. A conspiracy to implant chips into your bloodstream so they can know where you are. Jewish space lasers.
Sam I am. Sam, I am. Would you like green eggs and ham? Would you like them over there? Or would you like them over here? Would you eat them in a box? Would you eat them with a fox? Would you like them in a house? Would you like them with a mouse? You may like them, you will see You may like them in a tree Would you, could you with a goat? Would you, could you in a boat? I could not like them Those green eggs and ham I cannot stand them Mr. Sam, I am. Would you, could you in a car? Eat them, eat them, here they are. How about in the rain, in the dark, or on a train? This is it! We got stories for our grandchildren! Much, much, much later. Hey, Grandpa, tell me about the time you committed treason. Well, our president was a racist and a rapist, and he lost re-election. So we decided to break into the Capitol and try and hang the vice president, kill a bunch of people. And I saw somebody take a big shit in in a hallway. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty great time, man. And that's my story. That's not a very good story, Grandpa. Well, fuck you, you piece of shit! When mold invades your space, get Concrobium Mold Control. Only Concrobium crushes mold and mildew at its roots, leaving an antimicrobial shield so it won't grow back. Con-cro-b-r. Defend your home. Be like water and come back next week or I'll kick your ass.
from the legendary lost screenplay by one of Hollywood's most original filmmakers, Ed Wood. In an asylum for the criminally insane, a madman has escaped. But a change of clothes and a stolen car are just the start of a murderous spree. In a crazy world, he's the odd man out. It takes a brush with death to wake him up. Now, he's getting even. With the people he thinks have taken his money and stolen his mind. Totally twisted. Dangerously deranged. Billy Zane, Christina Ricci, Ron Perlman, Sandra Bernhardt, John Ritter, Carl Stroiken, Max Perda, Nicolette Sheridan, Tippi Hedren, and Will Patton. I woke up early the day I died. And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Act three, money. Act three. Act three. Yes. Hell of an act three it is. That's not right. Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film podcast, America's 7,843rd most popular podcast in America. Uh, march our way into the third and final act of the show, and it is said third act wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all-new, super-absorbent, non-fat, whole-grain, non-GMO with no artificial additives or preservatives and part of a complete breakfast movie of the week! And this week... We celebrate our 400th episode with Billy Zane's follow-up to Titanic, the 1999 silent movie-ish Ish. thing known only as I Woke Up Early the Day I Died. I say known only as, but in Brazil, it was titled Ed Wood's The Last Day of My Life. In Poland, it was titled On the Day of My Death, I Woke Up Early. And allegedly, at one point, IMDb listed the Japanese title as The Up Early Old Old Man Nuts. Okay. Which is a great title. I would have named it that. <laughs> With The Up Early Old Old Man Nuts. But apparently, where were they coming? 
Really? Weird. Huh. Um, first off, I want to say um, Billy Zane looks more like Ed Wood in this film than Johnny Depp did in the film Ed Wood. Yes. And in my mind, 1994's film Ed Wood now uh, officially stars Billy Zane and not Johnny Depp because Billy Zane is less problematic, less of an alleged wife beater. Yeah. He looks better in a dress. Billy Zane looks better in a dress than Johnny Depp did. I'm just speaking my truth. Yes. You go on Bing.com, the one true search engine, and you uh, type in Billy Zane controversy, and the only thing that'll pop up is articles about how Rose had room on the on the piece of debris for Jack. <laughs> you type in uh, Johnny Depp controversy, and I hope you're ready to read articles for a month. Yeah. So I, I don't like, know what's going on there. Plus, I like my actors to just wear less scarves. Yes. Tony Depp is 50% scarves. <laughs> uh, I, and also, I feel that one thing that gets forgotten is just how dashingly handsome Ed Wood was as a person. And I just like the idea of Billy Zane in this movie. He could see you at a bar, wine you and dine you, and then take you home and make love to you. And it doesn't matter whether I'm telling this story to a guy or a girl. Yes. And I just feel that more with Billy Zane than I ever did with Johnny Depp. And uh, uh, fun fact, my wife was not attracted to Billy Zane until he, she saw Billy Zane in the nurse outfit. Uh-huh. A fun fact about this movie, uh, it actually was Ed Wood's idea in the script to use bits of the script in the film as captions. That wasn't something that the, the director did because, oh, this is going to be a difficult movie to film. You know what? We'll put some of Ed Wood's script on the screen. No, that was Ed Wood's idea. That was in the yeah. script. See, that I really, really want to read the actual script now because I am fascinated. Yeah. I love this movie. Yeah, this is an absolutely fascinating movie. An absolutely fascinating movie, and I love it to death. Critics hated it when it quote-unquote came out, but we'll get there. It's Wikipedia page is fucking horrible. Yes, it but is. But anyway. Yes, it is. Uh, thankfully, I would like to give a shout-out to Joe Blevins and his blog Dead to Rights. They do a thing called Edward Wednesday. Each Wednesday, they delve into a different part of Edward's life, yes. and his about the making of this film is just so expansive and so full of little behind-the-scenes stories and things that you can find nowhere else. And uh, Joe Blevins, he's a good guy. He follows me on Twitter. You can follow him at Joe underscore A underscore Blevins, B-L-E-V-I-N-S. So shout out to Joe Blevins. 
So, uh, does he run the Facebook, uh, Edward page or is he just a very regular participant? I I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But, uh, secondly, oh, how wonderful it is when this happens. How lucky we are. The 1999 website for this movie, IWokeUpEarly.com, is still up. Really? Yes. It is freaking fascinating that it is still up. Oh, you got to post that in the group. Yeah. Uh, here, I've got it up right now. It is 100% a website that was created in 1999. Uh, it has here theatrical trailer. Click to download, and this is what I downloaded. Uh, the the trailer that you showed uh, when you type in the trailer for "I Woke Up Early the Day I Died," Reverend Steve's YouTube channel pops up, and I literally in 1999 or 2000 or somewhere around there just went to this website. I woke up early. dot com, downloaded the trailer, and put it on YouTube. Uh, it says here, click to download theatrical trailer format MPG size 5.3 megabytes. Wow. Download at 28K, approximately 65 minutes. Download at 56K, approximately 40 minutes. So, hey, it'll only take you 40 to 65 minutes to download this 5-megabyte trailer. Yes. Yes. There's a Flash game that I can't play. And it says here, if this doesn't seem to work properly, make sure you have the latest Flash 4 plug-in. It will only take two minutes to download. (laughs) So yeah, this this whole website is freaking old school wonderful. Wonderful. See, I, I think I, all I've all I've seen was that trailer from your yeah. site, and yeah. that kind of had me put off from watching this movie because it hasn't aged well. I mean, I'm sure it looked better at the time. Yeah. But, but this it, movie it, is fucking gorgeous. This movie is This is a beautiful piece of work. It is a beautiful movie. I absolutely love this. Originally the director and uh thank god nobody thank god he didn't go with this but originally the director wanted ugh, ugh, I don't even want to say this out loud. I don't want my mouth to form these words. Originally, the director wanted Iggy Pop to star in this. Ugh. No, no, no. It is way too complex a performance. Yeah. But Billy Zane heard about, heard that someone was making an original Edward script. And uh, the director didn't find Billy Zane. Billy Zane found the director. Nice. 
and said, hello, this is Billy Zane. Uh, I heard you're doing an Ed Wood movie. I'd like to talk to you about it. Can, I'm, I'm doing a project right now. Can you fly to Mexico? And the director's like, no, I can't fly to Mexico. And Billy Zane said, okay, I'll fly to you. So he stopped what he was doing and flew to Mexico to meet with the director. <laughs> and Billy Zane had so much input on the script and the shooting and the shooting style. He had a say in the music and he helped so much that eventually he became an executive producer for this movie and he really helped it out. And it was his idea of like, oh, I see what you're doing. You're going to make it as a silent movie. But how about this? What if it's more of a French comedy del arte, Keystone Cop style? So, oh god, yeah, and like fucking said, shows. Yeah, yeah, uh, that a lot of that was Billy Zane. He was very, he had a lot to say about this. So this is a nineteen ninety nine. It's 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 it. I wouldn't go Keystone Cops, but I would definitely go Charlie Chaplin. In particular, yeah. I'm thinking of, of Billy Zane in the back of the bus. Yes. Yeah. Where where he didn't beat up a bunch of bad guys. But like that that was like his movements and everything were very, very Chaplin-esque. And I couldn't trust that to Iggy Pop. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So yeah, this movie, it was filmed at the end of 1998, and in 1999, it had its big premiere. Um, it ended up only playing in one theater in America for two weeks, and then that was it. Yeah. It was going to have a limited nationwide release, followed by a release on VHS, but the studio went out of business the day after the premiere. Really? Yeah. And now the only ha chance you have to find to see this bizarre, wonderful film is to find a bootleg of it somewhere. My wife spent a large amount of money and bought me a VHS copy of the film uh, from Germany. Yeah. And the box was all in German and the film was in German. I was really excited to find a copy of Billy Zane's of, of this movie in English. Because the only time I had ever seen this was on an old VHS in, in German, which you might think... How is, much does that matter? <laughs> um, the opening narrations where uh, you're learning about uh, Billy Zane's backstory and you hear like an old educational short. Yeah. There's a dialogue there. That was all in German. And even the script that appears on the screen, that was all in German. Yeah. And really helps understand what's going on in the film. If I so before I saw this version, I had only seen the German version, so I didn't realize I didn't catch up on the whole cult thing. Yeah, I, that he thought he was seeing the funeral of the loan officer, but instead he sees a strange. Uh, funeral with instruments and uh, he sees a body with bizarre robes and like I didn't know any of that and paid mourners yeah yeah 
So, like, I didn't catch any of that at all when I originally saw it, when I would watch it over and over again at home. So I was excited to find an English language version of it because it does help. You would think that it wouldn't because this is a silent film, but it does hamper the experience. So, yeah, this movie only showed in one theater in America, but it did have a a successful release in foreign markets. Yeah. It was huge in Germany. This film was big in Japan. Uh, and of course in Jap- Japan, probably everybody went to go see it because it was called the up early old, old man nuts. Yes. So they were like, I got to find out what the fuck that even means. Right. <laughs> So uh, critics fucking hated the shit out of this movie. Why? Why? This was a fucking amazing movie. I have a theory about that. Critics hated this film, but it's important to note that this film came out pre-9-11. Yeah. And I think that that does make a difference I started the Church of Ed Wood in 1996, and from 1997 to 2001, I got a lot of press. I was on NPR. I was uh, in uh, the National Enquirer. I did radio interviews all over the place. I was on Man Cow's Morning Madness. I was on, uh, oh, two really popular guys in the L.A. market. Mark and Brian, I think was their names. I was on their radio show. Uh, I I did a lot of press and I got a lot of interviews all over uh, the place. Yeah. And they were all joke interviews. Nobody really took me seriously. Everyone wanted to know if I was a transvestite. Are you wearing uh, panties right now? Man cow just had me on just to make fun of me and and to like fucking shit on me and it started to get difficult to do press about the church of ed wood because everyone was just laughing at me the press that i got after 9-11 everybody took me seriously okay everyone was like so we've been reading up on your religion it's really interesting tell us what you think about the afterlife and i'm like oh shit you want to know about actual tenets of my religion and not just whether i'm wearing a dress holy shit it's like night and day suddenly people actually wanted to listen to like oh so do you believe in god what do you think about the end of the world how does edward's movies tie into this and that and suddenly it was like people were taking me seriously so i can only assume that one of the reasons why people hated billy zane and this movie is because it was before 9-11 if this was released in 2002 2003 2004 it probably would have had a better shot at being a success yeah I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go there, okay? Yeah. I would put this movie somewhere right around Holy Mountain for nice. a lot of reasons. Yeah. From from there is no movie like this. This is a completely yeah. unique piece of work. Absolutely. You know, it is it is totally its own thing. You know, and 
everything was very intentional and yeah. every detail was very cared about the yeah. the color scheme the sets the lighting and the camera shot everything you know to really build something and you were really looking at something unique and the performances were very unique as well yeah and i'm happy to say that a lot of that wasn't something added later added in the modern day to the script because edward wrote this in the 60s and and, and we need to jazz it up uh, we let's let's do it this way a lot of what makes this movie unique was in edward's original goddamn script that he spent a decade working on. This was going to be his serious film, and he worked so hard on it, so hard on the script and on making yeah. it perfect. And like, I was happy to see that a lot of the things that happened in this movie were his idea. This yeah. is vision. And I officially see this film from 1999 as Ed Wood's last film. Yes. That's how I see it. Yes. Because this is 100% his unique, original, bizarre, crazy-ass vision. And I fucking love this movie. And it was beautiful. It was just beautiful. Yeah. This is an incredible film. Yeah, uh, this film has a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes and a slightly better, but still not that good, 5 out of 10 on IMDb. This movie really confused people when it came out. Uh, which is a shame because the fact that this movie exists is all because of Kathy Wood. Yeah. Ed Wood's widow. Um, she brought this movie to the silver screen. She didn't direct it. This movie was directed by a Greek performance artist named Aris Iliopoulos. Yeah. But uh, Kathy Wood was the brainchild of getting this uh, movie uh, out into the market. According to uh, the blog Dead to Rights and Joe Blevins, uh, he did some interviews with some with the with the people who were responsible for this film. And so Kathy Wood is like, somebody help me. I need a lawyer. Why do you need a lawyer? Oh, they're making a movie of Ed Wood and, and, and I need a lawyer. So she gets a lawyer and they remain friends and they hang, they're hanging out and they're talking about Ed drinking, whatever. And Kathy Wood says, you know what? I, the one movie of Ed's that I always wanted to see on the silver screen was this. And here she goes. I've got the original copy. This is it. I awoke early the day I died. And, uh, uh, Kathy, uh, since her husband's passing, had always dreamed of getting the film made that, that, oh, this was always the one. He always worked on it. It was his baby. It was his favorite. This was going to be his, his big, huge, massive film. This was, so, so the lawyer said, okay, well, I can, do you, if you really want to get this done as a lawyer, I can help you with this. And so Kathy Wood shopped Ed's script around. Yeah. And I the fact that she didn't die until 2006. Yeah. 
so she, you know, she she was basically Ed Wood's Elizabeth Schuyler Hamilton in that she outlasted Ed Wood by decades and stayed a true and loyal champion of his. And, and so she was able to sell the script, put the script in the hands of the right people. She has a small part in the film. She was at the premiere. And I just love the idea that she lived to see such a stellar cast be in a fucking Ed Wood movie, you know, yeah. like that's fucking awesome. So, so, so this is definitely an Ed Wood film because it was Kathy Wood that got it out there, you know, and a strange cast. Oh, I am not an I, interesting I'm not cast. cast. I'm not ready to talk about the All cast. Right. That is so fucking detailed but first bunny um this might be difficult but i have faith in you and your abilities to successfully succeed in being a success uh do you think you could break down the plot for us of this week's movie i i don't find the plot too terribly difficult it is it's basically a series of small vignettes that follow yep. a thread. Um, so Billy Zane is in a sanitarium. He basically beats up a nurse, steals her clothes, and escapes from the sanitarium. Then he steals some clothes. He steals some money, you know, following him at his, his journey. Uh, till we get to he, uh, he has mental issues. He has a problem with sound in a very yeah. in a very House of Usher kind of way. Yeah. Um. And then he decides to rob like a savings and loan or something like that. Not exactly a bank. Um. So he is robbing that place and they're putting money in his bag. It's just a, a male teller and a female teller and the female teller has a gun. Uh, no. The gun is in the drawer of the tellers. Yes. And he is robbing them and as he's leaving, the male teller decides to grab the gun and shoot at him which in turn he Billy Zane turns around and shoots and kills the bank teller. Yes. And then this has alerted the police, so sirens are going off and things like that. So he escapes out the back of the out the back of the savings and loan and now he's on the run. So we have that kind of a story going for it. Um but he's got a bag full of money. So now, how does this work? I, I kind of, I'm kind of getting a little lost here. Uh, for when he attends the funeral, and when he hides the money in the casket. Uh, so he is. Uh, the police are after him. Uh, this money's hot. I need to store it someplace. 
So like he ha- he he sees a funeral happening, and I, I guess he thinks it's the funeral of the guy he killed. Well, he saw that in a newspaper article or something, where the funeral was being held. Yeah, which seemed like the cops are chasing you. Like, that part did not make very much sense as to why he did that. The cops are chasing you. You have to hide the money. So you find the funeral of the guy you killed and go there? To be fair, no one would look for you at the funeral of the person. Yeah. That is a pretty impressive. That's a ballsy move. But he hides the money in the casket, and then Ron Perlman starts playing bagpipes. So, so that drives Billy Zane nuts because of his hearing problem. So he runs away. Now he's yeah. got to come back to get the money, and it's not there. Uh, he kills Ron Perlman at some point, which I'm sorry. That is the most unbelievable part. In no way, shape, or form in any universe can Billy Zane take out Ron Perlman. Yes, agreed. Just just can't happen. Only in the movies. (laughs) Absolutely agreed. So when he hid the money in the casket, that's where he found out that it wasn't the bank teller. It It was this strange cult guy. Uh, oh, it was the tuning fork that set him off that time. Sorry, he took a tuning fork out of the casket. And he was, like, blowing ritual, on it? I guess. Huh? Some sort of ritual, I guess? And that made the high-pitched noise, which drove Billy Zane away that time. Yeah. Um... So at some point he kills he kills Ron Perlman, but he goes to the mausoleum um and is looking for the casket that has the money in it. And then he eventually finds it and it is empty. And somewhere along the line he finds a note with that lists the paid mourners and how many they were paid. Yeah. Now, I don't know why he didn't check out the mausoleum or anything like that further at this point, but he decides one of them must have his money. Yeah. So he goes down the list. The rest of the movie is him going down the list of each person who was a more, who was one of the paid mourners and killing them, but that's just how it went every time. you know he was looking for the money yeah fun fact uh in the end credits of the film eartha kit is listed as playing herself but if you go on imdb for some reason she's listed as cult leader really yeah I don't know if that's an accident or if she is running the cult because I see no 
evidence of that in the film. Well, but I just got to say, if she's the cult leader, that's a pretty cool cult. Yeah. Yeah, I want to be in that cult, too, because that's awesome. I want the cult that Eartha Kit is in. And you got strippers, and you got circus cowboys. You know... She plays the part of teenage prostitute. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This movie is crazy, and I love it. So then no, none of them have the money, and he basically goes back in the mausoleum, and I, I will leave the rest for its twist ending. Yeah. Or is it a twist? I don't know. Someone gets twisted. True. So I would feel remiss if I didn't mention this. Uh, the opening credits, what I like to think the theme of I woke up early the day I died, because it does. It's in the opening credits, the closing credits, and it appears a few times in the movie. Uh, it's a song called Jesus, I Was Evil. Yeah. And I love it so much. I have been listening to it since like the year 2000. Uh, I've been listening to it for about, I don't know, like 21, 22 years now. I've been listening to this one song. It's by a, it was written and performed by a New Zealand musician named Darcy Clay. He recorded every instrument in the song by himself and recorded it in his bedroom using an old four track recorder. Wow which gave the song its lo-fi sound. He only recorded a small EP, which featured this song and like two other songs. And that was it. And the song ended up spending eight weeks on the New Zealand music charts, reaching number five. Nice. This song was a hit in New Zealand. Sadly, however, Darcy Clay was set to play at a music festival that benefited suicide. And on the day of the show, he committed suicide. Oh, that's getting too involved. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what Alanis Morissette was singing about. But this is it's sad because this the song is fucking awesome. I love this song. Yeah. There was a lot of really good music. Yeah. And yeah. it really uh, see that's that's it. This whole movie is is mismatched pieces yeah. that work together. Yeah. This is this is oh, can't recommend this movie enough. And if I'm not mistaken, it it's all on YouTube. Like 100%. you can't like you can't say that the music went with the movie, you know? Yeah. But it still worked. Yeah. This is a wonderful movie. And there are copies of it out there. And then like some of the scenes, it's like they were so beautiful. It, it was like Putting Charlie Chaplin into an oil painting. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. But fuck the critics. I mean, like, what is their problem? I don't, I don't, you know, because you say Ed Wood and there's a certain expectation. And that's the same thing that comes through in the Wikipedia article I had read. And it's not a 
good expectation. No, this is exactly what this fucking movie needed to be. You don't yeah. need hubcaps for flying saucers. You know, the Wikipedia article is like, well, you know, Ed's use of stock footage. You know whoever who 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 else used stock footage at the time Ed Wood was using stock footage? Fucking everybody. You know who's yeah. using stock footage today? Fucking everybody. It's just how you make a movie. Yeah. You know? So it's one of those stupid things like, okay, so he didn't always use the best choice of, you know, Buffaloes was kind of an interesting choice for Glenn or Glenda. But still, like, it's not unusual that he used stock footage. Yeah, it's not. It is absolutely not. Yeah. So, so yeah. what do you, what is he, what's, what were they supposed to do in this movie? Put stupid stock footage in to please some kind of a perception? Yeah. But, and but, it didn't use stock footage, but it, but again, it works. Yeah. But I, I fully believe this film to officially be Ed Wood's final film. If Ed Wood were alive in 1999, they would have made here. this film. <laughs> Plus, the way that the whole distributor going bankrupt the day after the premiere, that's such a Woodian thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's such a thing that would happen to an Ed Wood movie. So it's just... Yeah. This this entire film really is Ed Wood's vision. And yes, okay. The cast of this movie is freaking insane. This is But it's insane in the same way that the musical choices were insane. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But okay. So the cast of this film includes uh Billy Zane, my preferred Ed Wood surrogate. The Phantom. Yes. Uh, John Ritter. John Ritter. John Ritter. John Ritter. Jack Tripper's in this movie. Who is who is just... I, I, I mean, even though Three's Company was not exactly a wholesome show, he always gives off a very wholesome image. He was, he is the preferred voice for Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yes. He did the voice of Clifford for like eight seasons on PBS. Like a, ridic <laughs> like a ridiculous amount. Yeah. Clifford's in this movie. Yes. Tippy Hedren. Tippy Hedren. That was like, I. I I had no, even then I didn't know she was still alive. The story on the set is they're in California. They're getting ready to film Tippi Hedren's uh, death, death scene in the lighthouse. Very uh, tormented. tormented -y. Yeah. There's a period in time when Bella loved that movie, Tormented. Yes. <laughs> over and over again. But they're getting ready to film that scene and, and Tippi Hedren's there on the set and then all of a sudden there's like a shit ton of birds behind her and everyone freaks out and Tippi Hedren just gets this exasperated face and goes, 
yeah, this happens every movie I'm in. <laughs> this happens in every set. You just get used to it. And I love the idea that Tippi Hedren starred in the movie Birds and now just birds follow her around. Yeah. Like, Mrs. Hedren, Mrs. Hedren, can can we get an autograph? And Tippi Hedren doesn't do anything because all she hears is but yeah they just follow her around and they're like fucking birds god damn it mama's trying to move babies mama's trying the mama cat is trying to move the babies under the bed why the f is why probably because eleanor and maxwell were in there Giving her anxiety. Oh, I do not. I absolutely, we cannot have these cats under the bed. No, we moved the stool so she could stop. Did you close the door? Yes. Okay. I. We cannot have, oh, but this kitten is rubbing all up Guess on what? you. Guess what? But I'd like to think that uh, since birds follow Tippy Hedren around, that the star of Joe's apartment, Jerry O'Connell, is now constantly followed by cockroaches. It's it's nice to think so. Yeah, that 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 brings me joy. It's a comforting thought. Yeah, I'm excited about that idea, and I just love the fact that the director is like not hiding it. I I, I messaged this to you that it's like, oh, Tippy Hedren's it's Tippy Hedren's scene. Get me the most copyright free Hitchcock music you can find. <laughs> It's like when ECW used to have a wrestler come out and it's like, okay, the Sandman's coming out. Play Enter Sandman. We can't afford it. Then give me a cheap ripoff. <laughs> ECW used to do that. We need to get smells like teen spirit. We can't afford it. Get me a cheap ripoff. Yes. That's her entire scene, and I love that. Christina Ricci had just turned 18 years old when she agreed to be in this film as teenage prostitute. And this definitely feels like the, Christi the Christina Ricci moment where she's like, I'm 18. Can I stop playing fucking children now, please? Yes. Any movie I can do where I don't have to be a goddamn child. Oh, you want me to be in lingerie and show off my boobs as teenage prostitute number one? Yes, I will be in this Ed Wood movie. Yes. So good for you, Christina Ricci. Now she's in like Black Snake Moan half naked, but uh, it, like good for you, Christina Ricci. This was like when Miley Cyrus was suddenly half naked. Yes. And like everywhere and doing salvia. Like, eventually you have to break out of your child actor roles, and this was Christina Ricci's uh, breakout. I, I I don't want to shortchange this movie, but I seriously need to run. Okay. So, so pick a topic and just keep going. Okay. All right. Uh, Mark Rolston is in this. He was in the Shawshank Redemption in two of the Saw films. Leif Garrett, comedian Dana Gould, Ron Perlman, the only Hellboy, Karen Black, Tara Reid, Will Patton, who was in Armageddon, Andrew McCarthy, the guy who owns the clothing store that Billy Zane robs early on is Bud Cork from The Life Aquatic, and also the human body that God inhabits in Dogma. He was John Doe Jersey. 
There's also Jonathan Taylor Thomas, legendary character actor Taylor Negron, the live-action Lurch, Vampira, Conrad Brooks, Sandra Bernhardt, Mark Boone Jr., who was in Memento, and he was also Flass from Batman Begins. Uh, Model-slash-actress Nicolette Sheridan, Mike Haggerty, who has been Captain McGintley in Brooklyn Nine-Nine for like four seasons. Uh, this every cop in this movie is a different actor in hiding behind a 70s mustache but this movie features Conrad Brooks from Edwards movies and also Brent Hinckley who played Conrad Brooks in Ed Wood they were both in this film people don't care anymore about the game Six Degrees to Kevin Bacon or is it seven degrees? Seven degrees? It's seven. Thank you, honey. No one plays that anymore. When I was in college, like my my teens and twenties was like the peak. Seven degrees to Kevin Bacon. Yeah. But uh, nowadays, people don't care about that. But if you're still into uh, the Kevin Bacon game, this is the movie. Oh God, I'm sure. Yeah. So, so there's that. Uh, Abraham Ben Rubby was in this movie. He was Jerry, the male nurse in ER for like 15 years. Yeah. Uh, Steven Weber from Wings and the star of a decent The Shining TV miniseries from 1997, which is uh, Stephen King's preferred version of the book. Yeah. Also, who is in this is Ricky Schroeder. Uh, he starred in the 80s sitcom Silver Spoons, and if you want to see him now, he can currently be seen at Costco yelling to employees about the mask mandate and <laughs> bail out Kyle Rittenhouse, a murderer. An uh-huh. Eartha kid. And I want to tell this story because I love this so much. Uh, the director of this film, the Greek artist guy, Eris Iliopoulos, he was at a party. He saw Eartha Kid at the party and like started chatting it up with her. And he's like, uh, hey, I'm making an Ed Wood movie. And she says, oh, I was in an Ed Wood movie. And it's like, no. You weren't, and she was able to say, I was in an Ed Wood movie without being in it because my name is on the marquee of a building that the flying saucers fly past in Plan 9 from Outer Space. (laughs) That Eartha Kitt can just drop Plan 9 from Outer Space knowledge on your lap. I fucking love Eartha Kitt. Yes. So she was in this movie specifically so that she could say, now I've officially been in an Ed Wood movie. And that is so freaking awesome. Yes. Yeah. So I love this movie. I love this movie. The cast is insane. There's so many people in this. And it's that. Oh, my God. Yes. That cast is that cast is nuts. And again, they don't seem to go together. Yeah. Especially for, for like, a a low-budget film. Yeah, you see two of the Phoenixes. 
I mean, who Somewhere. exactly is palling around with Tippi Hendren? That 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 first off, they even have her phone number. Yeah, yeah. Leaf Garrett's in this. I mean, That's, were there people that they couldn't get? I don't know. This is an incredible freaking cast. They got there's so many people in this. Yeah. Insane. How many people are in this Bud Court? Yes. He, he, he was in MASH. He was in Harold and Maude. He was in The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Yeah. He was in so many of these like big deal things. What was that weird-ass credit that he had, though? <laughs> yeah, he is listed as... Hold on, I have it here somewhere. Lord Heinrich Binky Alcoa Third. Yeah. Is what his credit is. But it's fucking Bud Court. I imagine that's the same thing as, uh, hey, Michael Jackson's going to be in this episode of The Simpsons. Also, for legal reasons, he can't be listed as Michael Jackson in the credits. Okay. So we're going to put this name in instead. Also, he can't sing because of his uh, recording contract. So you need to hire a sound alike to sing the song. Oh. But Michael Jackson's going to be in this episode. Yeah. Also, for legal reasons, he was never here. So I imagine <laughs> that I'll be in your film, but don't put me in the credits. Put me as Lord Heinrich Binky Alcoa the Third. Yes. I love this movie, and this was a great film to do for our 400th episode. Yes. It was the perfect 400. Episode 400 movie. Perfect. A lot of people, a lot of people do like, oh, uh, a lost Ed Wood film? Oh, is this Ed Wood's final film? Oh, uh, Ed Wood wrote part of this script before he died, and now we're making the film. Oh, this Ed Wood film. But none of that is official. None of that is, is canon. None yeah. of that. I am agreeing with at all, but absolutely, this is Ed Wood's final film. I woke up early the day I died, starring Billy Zane. He looks amazing in drag, and 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 in this film, he he sort of like represents what I'm I'm trying to go for like a gender fluidity sort of a thing. Where it's like, like, hey, it doesn't matter what you dress. I'm dressed in this outfit. It, it, he he just radiates that in this film. Yes, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. And so, this is a good movie, a great movie, and we've had some amazing films. Last week we did Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Oh my God, I I'm so scared of snakes now. Yes. I, I don't blame you. Snakes contaminated with rat rabies snakes. Yeah, nuclear then, rat rabies or some shit. Or and then the week after that we saw uh, uh, nobody. Still yes, love that film. And then after that we saw Money Plane, which, uh, if you remember, uh, was all about uh, Edge from WWE and Darius Emanuel Crouch the Third. <laughs> in the world and then before that night killer which was a pretty good movie yes for the director 
of Troll 2, this movie was all right. Um, it, it, it was the demise of Peter Wooten. Yes, Wooten. But, but um, I feel that we've been watching really good movies for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, so from here on out for a while. Uh-oh. We're going to be going down some pretty dark roads. Well, this is May. How how dark can we We're almost to the summer of. And I have already apologized for what is going to happen this summer. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I'm making it a secret, but I'll tell you what we're doing this summer. Um, uh, I haven't come up with a catchy title yet. Like, Summer 2021, the, 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 Buddy and Steve become bottoms. Or <laughs> we're going to be watching films we have yet to discuss in IMDb's list of the bottom 100 worst movies of all time. For summer. The summer at the bottom. Yeah, so it's something like that. Because there are some big time bad movies that we've never done that we can now do. Battlefield Earth. Okay. Hulk Hogan's Three Ninjas, High Noon, and Mega Mountain. Okay. Uh, a bunch of movies that we can now do. Because, so, so what we're doing next week is leading up to that. Okay. Uh, do you remember Steve Mnuchin? Yes. Okay. Former, I think, Secretary of the Treasury? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and you look at him and you go, oh, that's a hideous person. But then you see a picture of him and his wife. Yes. And then you go, oh, he's obviously a millionaire. And that's the only way he got her. Yes. Like much younger and a very attractive blonde model. Oh, she's well, your classic gold digging trophy wife. Well, let me tell you why I think she was with him to produce next week's movie. Okay, I, I am afraid. I think I go ahead. It's called Me You Madness. It was released in 2021. And it's the fucking worst. And it stars Mrs. Mnuchin. Oh. She also, she also wrote the script. Oh. oh. I'm so excited to be doing this movie. Okay. You madness. It's 100% the reason why she's, she's with him. Yeah. The movie looks good. In the same way that the room looks like it had a budget. Yes. In the same way that it looks like, wow, somebody did spend some money on the room. Uh-huh. I'm really excited. Next week, we're doing Mrs. Mnuchin's film, Me, You. Madness. She, she wrote in it. She wrote the movie. She produced the movie. And she stars in it. Oh, man. Yay! That so, yeah, that's a dangerous combination. Yeah, so it's already on our shared cough comments. They're waiting for you. I apologize, but 
you know, we're going down that lone and long and lonesome road. Where only we can go. Yeah. I'm pretty excited for some of the horrible movies we're going to be doing coming up soon. We might be doing another, uh, another, uh, I'm thinking we should do another film from our favorite Las Vegas realtor. Yes. Yeah. Neil Breen. Oh yeah. I was kind of, I was kind of thinking of that too. And I've got a good one already. Yeah. But next week we are discussing the, the Steve Mnuchin family with the 2021 film, me, you madness. Whoa. Playing a fun game called, Oh, where in the world is Joe Piscopo? Yeah. Hey, the answer will sadly not surprise you. Yeah, uh, I've already. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, so it's going to be an exciting episode next week. But now that I'm looking back at this week, this huge, massive 400th episode, man, Miss School Spillman, Dark Shadows. Elvis Costello being racist. Era Reed. I gotta yeah. say, I think this is a pretty, pretty good episode of this podcast. This has been a goddamn good episode. Okay, good. I, I, I felt the same way, but I didn't want to step on your toes because you're the person who makes that distinction and not me. I didn't want to interfere in what is usually your position in the show, but yes, I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve, and on behalf of... um. I usually try and say the people who have been on the show. So on behalf of Maxwell, Eleanor, Cousin Jaden, Lauren, Natasha, Emerald, and everybody else on this show, I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And cookies and cream. And and forest fires. All right then. Do 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 do